Well, good morning to you and welcome to Nature Watch. Nature Watch sponsored by Waddell's Nursery Floral Garden Bird and Nature Center. The corner of 12th Street and Millam Road. Now your host for Nature Watch, Gary Miller. How are you doing this morning? Good. Good morning. I think this is the first show I've gotten to do with you. Yes, it is. So yeah, we should. That was a, a little unusual this morning, too. I guess. <laughs> a, little, a little cooler out there. Uh, just a wee bit. A wee bit. And, um, okay, can I take a shot at technology here? Sure. And everything works. Yes, actually, is, a lot better than a week ago. <laughs> uh, yeah. We're not going to uh, talk about a week ago, but that's yeah. okay. <laughs> well, welcome. It's nice to have you here. Yes, yeah, so nice. Uh, actually, a little bit of sunshine first thing this morning, though the yeah, clouds are rolling in pretty fast. Just here. a little. And then it was just like, little, okay. Catch, catch some of that color on some of the trees this morning. Yeah. Um, though by about the time I was here at the station, it was starting to sprinkle a little bit already. Oh, well. And, and I was a little shocked this morning. I looked at the weather, and one of my weather apps, they always have a little chance of precipitation if there's a cloud in the sky. Mm-hmm. And they had 10 to 15% chance of wintry mix this morning. I'm like, oh, oh that's too early for yeah, that Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do not want to see. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no. no too, 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 too early. Too early. <laughs> well, and, you know, like I said, uh, uh, Blake just talked about a hard freeze. Um, that's going to be something we're going to obviously talk about with Andy. Uh, oh, yeah. And and over actually, the we haven't had coming one up yet. next. No, we haven't. And this is. We're getting pretty late in the year. Yes, we are. Um, so you wonder what that's, you know, what's that? But that's that's the, the next show. We're talking about yeah. nature now. Oh, we're going to talk about nature a little bit with that, though. I, w- I wanted to tell you that um, I have a friend who's in one of the uh, uh, senior living areas, and it's it's the fountains. Well, it used to be the fountains, now it's the story point. Anyway, they have, like, geese all over the place. Oh, but yes. <laughs> a couple of days ago, I saw three sandhill cranes. Yes, yes, which they're... I'm not used to seeing over there. It's yeah, cool. you're starting to see them flock up quite a bit right now. In fact, uh, yesterday morning I saw a flock of I, I'm going to guess probably five or six hundred in a field. Wow! The previous morning there was about 150 there. Who? So they're they're getting into some very large flocks right now. Uh, in fact, uh, earlier this week I was going home and uh, happened to had to slow down because there were three sandhill cranes crossing the road, just walking across. Uh, wow, that's uh, cool. So a lot of um, those sandhill cranes typically uh, gather up in, in large flocks right now here in southwestern Michigan, uh-huh. and then they fly back and forth depending on how the weather is. So a lot of times they'll go down like south of Indianapolis, between Indianapolis and the Ohio River, and uh, when it's colder up here. But though we'll we'll see them come back north sometimes on those warm ups in January, February. That's cool. So they yeah. do a lot of gleaning. Obviously, not very many insects flying around there. Nah, I haven't seen a few, but uh, in a row. So, so uh, if, if uh, th- those of you tuning in, if you recall, two weeks ago we were talking about eight things that you could could or could not do, we wouldn't have to do, going into fall to help the birds out. And uh, so some of those some of those things uh, that we talked about, I'll just do a quick highlight. First one was skip pesticides. Mm-hmm. So typically you don't want to use pesticides unless you absolutely have to. And there are times you need to do that. Um, the pesticides are dendicides, so for those little... Um, mice that want to try to migrate in your house. Traps yes. trap sometimes work just as well. Yes. And uh, so that that was the first thing. Leave the leaves as much as possible. So if th- those leaves in the lawn, obviously you don't want to leave them laying on your lawn. They can kill your lawn out. Put them, you know, rake them in your beds and that. But there's a lot of uh, insects, beneficial insects that uh, winter overwinter in that leaf litter, including some, some moth and butterfly cocoons that actually look like leaves sometimes. So it's nice to leave those leaves. Save the seeds. So leave those seed heads up on those plants. Birds will feed on those seed heads all winter. 
and uh, so it gives them some other other food sources. Appreciate the beauty of dead trees. So if you can leave those dead trees, obviously if it's threatening your house or <laughs> other portions of your property, you may want to remove that. But uh, a lot of birds will use uh, make cavities in those trees. It does attract some insects, and those birds feed on those insects. So it, uh, uh, plus plus. Sometimes those dead trees are very artistic too. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, build a brush pile. So if you have a have a space that you can put a brush pile in, there's a leave that for some habitat for some other mammals. Um, birds will actually uh, sometimes go on those larger brush piles too, just to to roost. Make sure you've got water out for the birds. So make sure you got those, that bird uh, bath out there. A heated bird bath. So we've got wonderful uh, selection of heated bird baths at Waddell's. Have bird bath heaters. So just make sure you've got that water out for the birds even in the wintertime. So number seven was plant more food sources for the birds. So now's a great time to plant. Andy will probably talk about that a little bit too. Uh, the uh, fall is a great time. There's a lot of plants that birds will feed on into the winter. So a lot of those perennials, uh, coneflower, coreopsis, black-eyed susans, and a lot of the grasses, um, even some of the native native plants like goldenrod, if you can leave those those spent plants up because the birds will feed on that seed all winter. Um, some of the trees in that, um, you know, obviously the trees, uh, nuts, some of them like the oaks, hickories, walnuts. Um, some of the some of the birds will eat, obviously not walnuts typically, but the hickories and the uh, the oak, the acorns. Some of the larger birds will actually feed uh, feed on some of those food sources. And then if you, uh, number eight, if you live in a very small area and want to make a bird-friendly area, if you can do a little, little, just a little container garden with some bird favorites, sometimes doing some smaller growing sunflowers, leaving those spent heads up there with the sunflower heads, some of the other uh, annuals or perennials that would actually have some seed and put up there so the birds can feed on them. And then you can put bird feeders out, obviously. That's a, that's a great way to, to feed, uh, feed the birds. And uh, so I actually will mention that a little bit. In uh, several weeks, we actually have a wonderful event coming up at Waddell's, oh, yeah. our uh, wild bird event, uh, November 3rd and 4th. So that's, I believe, three weeks from the day. And uh, that's always a, a fun time. We will have a lot of crafts for kids. Those, kid, those crafts uh, will be a little nominal fee for those. But everything else is free. And on Saturday, the 4th, from 10 to 1, we are going to have live birds of prey in there. Bald eagle, owl, hawk, and more. And also, starting on that Friday, we will have a huge birding sale. So if you want to stock up for the winter for all those bird feeding supplies, need a new bird feeder, uh, all sorts of things to get. Best prices you're going to get all year. There you go. And then bonus is, if you uh, we have going to have a drawing, and you can enter to win free bird seed for a whole year. Ooh. So if you feed lots of birds, there's a chance to get that bird seed for free. Wow, that's so, cool. That'll be a wonderful, a wonderful event. It's always a, one, a good, uh, good event. I, I always stock up on bird seed for myself <laughs> then too. Um, before we get too late in here, we probably should hit the trivia question. Oh yeah, I guess we could do that. Means our phones are working today. That's good. Yes, they are. So uh, this time of year, we're always seeing some of those pesty insects come into the house, and so one of them that we've had seen here in recent years, and there seems to be a lot of them again this year is a stink bug. Mm-hmm. So what is the name of that stink bug? It's a non-native, invasive, that is coming into most of our homes this time of year. So if you can give me the, uh, just a common name, I don't need the botanical name. And that's stink bug. That's not it. it is, no, yeah, this is not stink bug either. So it is. there's some type of stink bug that's coming in. Okay. 
So. All right. Well, the number, 382-4280-877-382-4280. And uh, if you know, it's uh, $20 gift card time from Waddell's, if you know. Uh, again, 382-4280-877-382-4280. What's the name of the stink bug? The right. common name for the stink bug. Yes. All right. You want to go to the phones? And We could do we- that. We have a phone call. Already? Oh, we do. Joyce is up first. Good morning, Joyce. How are you? Oh, I'm fine. How are you? We're doing all right. Do you uh, happen to know what the the common name for that that bug is? Well, I don't know if it's the common name, but I believe the actual name is the brown marmorated stink bug. That is correct. There you go. <laughs> Woohoo! Woo-hoo, yeah. Yeah, right off the bat. I I have other names for it, but the FCC <laughs> prohibits we using that kind of language on the air. Oh, I, I hate those things. I they do, get I, into everything in your house that they can get in there. I, I know it's crazy, and I have found out um, that um, they don't enjoy, but I do, the naval burial route. Yes. Uh, if I find one in the house, that's the way it's going. <laughs> Oh, I smash them. Oh, yeah. I, I see, and that's, I don't do that because that's how they got their name. Uh, yes. The stink bug. I, they, I, I yeah. wrap them up in a big piece of paper towel and I squish Oh, them. there you go. Okay. Well, that's cool. <laughs> well, congratulations, Joyce. You knew, you knew what we were looking for, and so you pick up a, a $20 gift card from the yeah. great folks at Waddell. So um, we're going to send you back through the window. I promise it won't hurt. Uh, Michael's on the other side of the uh, wall there. He's going to get all your pertinent information so we can get this out to you, okay? Thank you, and I want to say I am really enjoying this new show. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. Thank you, Joyce. Thank you very much. All right, hang on. All right, man, right off the bat, Gary. Wow. That was good. So I don't think she even had to Google that one. No, I she she called right away. So yes, I was that's like, good. okay, we know. So so the brown marmorated stink bug, um, interestingly enough, Michigan has 70... Over 75 species of stink bug here, uh, many of which look similar to the brown marmalated. So the brown marmalated has an overall appearance of being marbled brown with smooth shoulders, alternating dark and light striping along its abdomen and light-colored banding on legs and antenna. And those key characteristics make it very easy to identify that stink bug. Um, If you want to look for some some photos so you can actually identify which stink bug is coming in your house, um, there's actually... Uh, a website called Stop BMSB, Brown Marmorated Stink Bugs, stopbmsb.org, and they've got photos of light, look-alike stink bugs that come in. Oh, so wow. some of the other stink bugs will come in, too, occasionally. And the uh, Brown Marmorated Stink Bug is actually not a native. Uh, they uh, came into North America from Asia sometime around 1996 and was first detected in Michigan in 2010. By the fall of 2015, many of the Michigan residents in the southern lower peninsula were noting, noticing this insect crawling around inside and outside their houses. As of 2020, August 2020, just three years ago, it has been found in all Michigan counties and is well established here in the southern lower peninsula. And surprisingly, 47 of the 50 states already have the brown marmorated in. Uh, the difficulty is, is that they can get in anywhere in a house. Mm-hmm. And when they're coming in in the wintertime, they're just trying to get someplace to overwinter, someplace a little warmer. They're not nesting, laying eggs, feeding on anything or anyone in the house. 
Um, they're plant-feeding insects with straw-like mouthparts for drinking plant juices. And similar to that multicolored Asian lady beetle that we've had problems with sometimes, too, coming in the house, this stink bug enters the buildings in the fall seeking that winter shelter. They do have a very distinctive odor when they're crushed. Yes. Um, as, as a lot of the stink bugs do. And um, I would not encourage this with anybody, but they taste even worse. <laughs> yeah. And, and I say that with experience. By, by accident, um, we were eating outside several years ago, and unbeknownst to me, one flew in the, on the edge of my sandwich just when I was taking a bite. Oh. And the, you can imagine that, that smell. Um, just much, much worse. It effervesced on my tongue. It oh. burned my tongue. It took quite a while to get that off my tongue. It, it was oh, very disgusting. Not, not cool. No. Yeah, not good. No. So, and I, I, that's one of those smells I just I despise. It just smells really bad. Um, they can get into just about any little tight spot that you have, little gap around a door, a window, air conditioner unit. Um, they, they, a lot of times will crawl behind vinyl and shingle siding to enter attics or wall spaces. Um, attic vents, loose fascia boards, um, just any place they get, any smallest space they can get into. Uh, they are also a very um, big threat to a lot of our agriculture in Michigan. We have so much broad agricultural products in, in Michigan as far as production. They, they feed on over 300 plants. So they be very difficult to uh, get, get them uh, to... Uh, not, not feed on plants here or have plants that they're not going to feed on. They're highly attracted to a lot of the fruits. So we have a lot of fruit production here in Michigan. Nuts, hazelnut, walnuts, vegetables. So just about every vegetable in our vegetable garden. All sorts of ornamental and woodland plants. And so they feed on just, like, just about everything. Um, you can remove them. Uh, I know uh, Jim Lawless was telling me uh, last week, and I talked a little bit about it uh, with him, he, uh, he likes using his vacuum cleaner. Yes, um, suggested that you might want to have a separate little vacuum cleaner just because that stink is going to be in that vacuum cleaner bag. Uh, and that's going to really – so have something you can put out in the garage or someplace yeah, outside. Yeah, take it outside. Or um, actually they suggested even taking like a shop vac and putting some soapy water in the bottom of that shop vac and, and uh, disposing of them that way. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, you know. And we have a product that, uh, at Waddell's called Home Defense. I know we talked about not using pesticides unless necessary. Home defense is something you can put around the perimeter of your house, even around windows and that. They spray on that. will keep a lot of those invasive pests from coming into the house. So All right. Sort of repels them that way. Very cool. All right. Well, let's remind people, if you want to call Gary this morning, 382-4280-877-382-4280. Or if you're a little radio shy, you can uh, text us at 80373. We'll take a quick break and be back with Nature Watch with Gary Miller here on WKZO. Flowering bulbs from Waddell's are actually some of the most colorful, fail-proof blooms available. Now is the time to plant bulbs to ensure you have a more colorful spring. All you need to do is dig, drop, and you're done. A must to start your spring are tulips. Get some of the largest blooming tulips around, Waddell's Pride Tulips, that come in beautiful pink, yellow, white, or red, and this week they're all 25% off. How about something that will naturalize well to create a woodland look? Try crocus bulbs, also 25% off right now at Waddell's. Some of the other beauties at Waddell's include large yellow flowering King Alfred daffodils, early blooming snowdrops, hyacinths, fritillaria, and many colors of narcissus. Come browse more than 100 varieties of spring flowering bulbs at Waddell's, which are all on sale this week. Then just dig, drop, and you're done. 
Next spring will bring to life just how beautiful flowering bulbs really are from Waddell's Nursery Florist and Garden Center. And we're back. Thanks for listening to Nature Watch with Gary Miller on this Saturday morning. It's nice to be back. Yes, it is. So, <laughs> so the uh, brown marmalated stink bug, um, when you get in those agricultural production areas, sometimes they'll put traps out to attract them, and they actually use pheromones to attract them. Uh, you can try that at home. I, I think sometimes when you've got uh, a small area you're trying to deal with and you're not dealing with like a huge agricultural production area, those traps sometimes attract more than what you would have had before. So better uh, yet is trying to attract those beneficial insects that attack them. And what started my whole interest on this, besides seeing them flying around my house occasionally, is that one of my cousins posted a video and some photos of a praying mantis eating oh, yes. a brown marmalated stink bug. And I'm like, oh, I wonder what else eats them. So there's actually quite a few insects that uh, will uh, feed on uh, stink bugs. So some of them are those parasitoids, like some of the wasps that actually lay egg or lay their eggs on the eggs of the stink bug, and then those larvae when they hatch of the wasp will actually eat those eggs. There's a few of those parasitoids that uh, will actually lay eggs on the live bug, and eat, they'll be eaten from the inside out. Um, sounds sort of disgusting, but uh, as bad as they smell, I guess I don't feel too bad for them. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then uh, there's quite a few ants and spiders uh, besides the... Uh, the praying mantis, and then uh, some lace wings will also uh, feed on those. So there's quite a few beneficial insects that will will feed on those stink bugs. That is cool. You want to take a phone call? So, that, pardon me? You want to take a phone call? Sure, we'll take a phone All call. All right. Good morning, Nature Watch. Who is this? This is Carol. Hi, Carol. How are you? I'm Carol. doing very well. God is good to me. And I have a question about something I have never seen before except last year, last fall. And uh, I didn't know if this gentleman might know. I'm glad you're back on the air. I was going to ask last week. But there was nobody there to ask. Yeah, we're not anyway. we're not talking about last week, Carol. But uh, this, let's just say that technology failed us miserably. <laughs> but we're feeling much better now. Yes. <laughs> Certainly glad of that. Maybe he can answer my question. Uh, iris, are you acquainted with the kinds of iris? I am somewhat. There's some native iris. Um so typically, uh, those uh, most iris are on that ornamental plant type of thing, and that would be something that would be more of a question for Andy in the next show. Yeah, well, that's what I was going to do if you didn't under- if you didn't know the answer. Uh, but my question is: Have you ever seen uh, those that blossom in the fall as well as the spring? Hmm. Um, I know they exist because I've 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 actually seen some. Yeah, we have, and actually, that, that's actually that's generally I may answer that because we're seeing a lot of confused plants right now. Again, we have, again, we say we've had some very unusual weather this year. So we started out very dry, and then we got a lot of rain in July, August. Sort of caught us up, but not totally, and we're still dry down below. And so then we got warm again. Some of those plants are thinking we're in their their second growing season, yeah. and so we've had a, seen a lot of plants that those what we typically think are spring blooms are blooming right now. There's a lot of the native plants are doing that. We're seeing a lot of the uh, evergreens. So like we always see white pines that do that needle shed going into winter. Uh, a lot of those evergreens will shed some of that, that canopy that they have just don't have to carry that whole canopy through the winter. And they're doing a bigger shed this year because they were somewhat stressed from lack of water. 
So I'm guessing that's why probably why you're seeing those blooms on on those the iris now. Prob- the only problem is is mine don't do that, but my daughter's did. Oh wow! And she was surprised to see it too, and it was last year as well as this year. Yeah. In the spring. And in the fall. I think it's just that I think it's the the weather situation. But uh, Carol, what I'm going to do is I'm going to recommend in just just a few minutes. We're going to be in over the garden fence. Why don't you call us back after nine o'clock when Andy's on the air and ask him that question because I think he could probably provide you a more detailed answer. All right. All right. All right. Thank you. All right. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I wanted to ask you, because in the springtime, you can use diatomaceous earth yes. around your house for ants. Would that work on stink bugs, too? But it would only be like, you on, know, on not windows, ground. but right. the perimeter. Uh, so that will help. Diatomaceous earth is a very natural product and does a lot with a lot of insects. But actually work on those that are, tr- are trying to crawl in around the ground. But okay. it'd be difficult to get them because they go up in the siding. and uh, yeah. And, and and stink bugs are a little bit armored, so they're a little bit harder shelled. But yes, even that with diatomaceous earth would affect them. Okay, all right, cool. Yeah, I just thought it popped into my head because I know we use it on with ants and, and things like that. Um, so as far as right now, you know, and we we just heard the weather forecast. Do do the do the amount of bugs reduce themselves once we have that first hard frost, or does that drive them in? That typically and then drives you're there. Them in. Yeah, it typically drives them in. Uh, they might uh, sense that it got warmer out because we got some warm up coming up you know, probably here in another couple of weeks yet. And yeah. They'll try to go back outside, so then they get very active in the house trying to find that exit. They forgot how they came in. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. So that's usually what happens in the spring too. When you sometimes you don't see them all winter, or it starts warming up outside, and they sense that outside warmth, and okay. then they try to find their exit, and then they're pestering you in that late winter, uh, those late winter months. Mm-hmm. So, so uh, several weeks ago, uh, I was leaving Waddell's at work at the end of the day, and I happened to glance up and saw this very large bird flying. And I did a sort of a double take because it's not a bird we see very often. And I didn't, didn't have my binoculars with me, but I, I looked, and it, luckily it flew very close overhead. It was a very large trumpeter swan. Really? Uh, very oh. rare to see them. Though we're starting to see them sometimes a little more because we're seeing some nesting sites. They're actually trying to get some nesting pairs. Uh, Wisconsin, Minnesota doing a lot. They're doing some here actually in Michigan. Mm-hmm. And so we're starting to see them a little bit. Typically they nest way up towards the Arctic Circle. Okay. And then we see them fly fly through when they're on their migration path. And they're, they're a very large bird. They have over a seven-foot wingspan. Uh, when, when they're flying, they look – I always think they look like sort of a supersonic airplane because <laughs> they look very streamlined. They have that long neck sticking out ahead of their wings, uh-huh. but just a very large bird. So it was really unique to see. Yeah. Now, the trumpeter swan is native. Yes, that is a native swan. It's the mute swan that's not. Correct. And and the trumpeter is much, much larger than the mute swan. Okay. So a very distinctive characteristic besides size is if you can look at their bill. Okay. Uh, tr- mute swans have an orange bill. Trumpeter swans have a black bill. They might have occasionally have a little yellow spot at the base of that bill, but it's mostly black. And just because of the size of the bird, you can if you can gauge that size, that will tell you what they are. Mm. There's also a tundra swan, which is about the same size as the mute swan. It also has mostly a black bill, but they're about half the size of the of the trumpeter swan. Okay, huh? And uh, so it's neat. It was neat to see that. It's not something you see very very often. No, so, man, very very uh, unique uh, looking bird. I remember your predecessor, Roger. 
saying during one of his Birdwatch episodes that swans in general, um, they're not a bird to be fooled around with because oh, no. the wing strength is amazing and could actually, I think he said it actually did break at the arm of someone. Oh, it could. Um, th- th- those, if they get close enough, you get swung at. That's when when they have those young. They are very protective of the young. Mm-hmm. Um, even Canada geese and those are they're very large birds too. Yeah, I don't want um, to they get very very aggressive when they've got young. <laughs> yeah, uh, they do. Uh, I've I've been out hiking years ago, and and we uh, it was in the later spring. We happened to be hiking along a little waterway, and there was a pair of Canada geese, and they had their young geese goslings there, and they were in the water. And Dad came up on the shore and came right after us. Oh um, yeah, we were we were no threat. We were just walking by, but they thought we were a threat. Well, I you know I've told the story before. When I lived in an apartment complex in Portage, I was in a basement apartment. Every year I was there, they built a nest outside my window, <laughs> and the mom wouldn't move. She you know, and I don't know why I felt sorry, but I would buy cracked corn and just throw it at her and then leave, <laughs> and she would eat it. But she's not getting off that nest. But you know, lurking somewhere about. Was the, oh, yes. the was the dad? Yes. And um, uh, one fateful morning, <laughs> Mr. Skunk came along and decided he was going to try to partake of the the nest and got in a fight with the uh, the dad goose and the skunk let fly. And uh-huh. We really thought we were going to have to move out of our apartments for a weekend because oh, yes. the air was just so you know. But it, I'm watching this happen, and even though the the the, the father goose got sprayed. He's still beating the skunk with his wings yes. and wasn't going to give up. And that skunk scent is uh, something that persists for some time. Well, you they, think it's gone for a while, and then you get that next rainfall, that precip- precipitation, wet, the, and that brings that scent back yeah, out. Yeah, well, our, our thing was the people in the complex were going to bring in what they refer to as an ozone generator yes. to actually clear the air out of our apartments, which I'm like, okay, that's all well and good, but, um, you know, no. <laughs> But it ended up clearing itself out, which is which is uh, kind of cool. Um, so, so, you know, bird feeders, you know, we'll talk a little bit about the, our wild bird event and that. Now's the time to be thinking about if you haven't cleaned your bird feeder yet, get it cleaned. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't want to be spreading that avian bird flu around uh, just to uh, help keep the birds healthy. And you get get those supplies out there. Get, get an assortment of seeds you attract. Uh, there's a, quite a few uh, seeds, like the black oil sunflower, for mm-hmm. example, attracts a lot of different types of bird. Uh, depending on where you have your bird feeders, sometimes you want those bird seed mixes that don't leave the hulls anywhere. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we have we have hullless mixes. Um, yep. Just it depends on what you have in the feeder. You get some of that thistle seed for some of those finches and that finch family. They have those narrower beaks, so they can actually reach in those finch feeders and yes. get that. That uh, thistle seed. And really quickly, I want to mention, don't forget our ground-feeding friends. Yes, yes. yes. A little millet, some whatever. Yeah, so so and... I typically do a mix with my bird feeder with uh, black oil and one of our mixes, and I mix it uh, 50-50. Mm-hmm. And so I get a lot of black oil in there. I use, I have a farmyard, so I don't mind the hulls. I usually don't get a bad problem with hulls. There's a little bit of millet in there, and the blue jays always come in there and throw oh. it out of the, the oh, yeah. bird feeder that's up above. and. The ground feeders feed on that, and I always get a nice assortment of birds. Don't forget suet for those woodpeckers. That's right. Uh, they really feed on that. It's nice getting that red-bellied uh, woodpecker in to chase those blue jays away. Want to do this again next week? Sure, we'll All do right. that again next week. See you next week, Gary. Have a wonderful week, and thank you for joining us for Nature Watch. Tune in every Saturday after 8.30 for Nature Watch, brought to you by Waddell's Nursery Floral Garden and Bird Center. Coming up next, CBS News, and then the last edition of Over the Garden Fence. 
for this season on WKZO.